You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Year of the GPS, Part 6. Enjoy. Year of the GPS, Part 6. In 2015, that's this year, we're focusing on being led by God's Holy Spirit in our lives. It is the way to live. So we're talking about making our decisions Every decision that we make in our marriage, our family, our friends, our work, our church, by, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Not by what others have told us and not by what we've been through in the past, not by what's going on in the world around us, but by God's voice speaking to us. We're going to talk about what that means today. So our GPS, our G stands for God. God has a positioning system for you to lead you forward into the fullness of his plan and purpose for your life. And I want you to know that nothing can even come close to thrilling you and satisfying you like your maker's plan for your life. All right? You don't want to miss out on one ounce of it. And the way to experience it is by following the leading of his Holy Spirit. So if you're following the Holy Spirit and you're following the Holy Spirit, I'm following the Holy Spirit, we're going to go forward together and accomplish his plan corporately. And boy, is it going to be good. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, which you have permanently deposited in us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for refreshing and strengthening and quickening us today already. And we thank you for continuing to shine the light of Jesus Christ, for illuminating any corners of our heart that need to be illuminated, for getting into any dark places and shining. Lord, that depression would be permanently defeated in every life confusion, that your light and your life would reign in every heart that is hearing this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Being led by the Holy Spirit is the distinguishing mark of his sons and daughters. It is the evidence and sign that we are his. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we're going to start in verse 14. Hallelujah. Glory to you, O Lord. Praise and honor, Lord. We bless your holy name. And we give you all the praise. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Look at this. This is how the King James. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. So what is the distinguishing factor there? Being led by the Spirit of God, right? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We can tell who God's children are by the Spirit that they're following. Verse 15, For you have not received the spirit of bondage, slavery, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption or sonship. We've gone from slaves to sons. 
whereby we cry, Abba, Daddy, Papa, Father. Verse 16 in the King James says the Spirit itself. That is not correct. There are some errors in the King James translation. Itself is not in the Greek. The Holy Spirit has never been an it. He never will be. He's a he. The Greek says himself. It should read the Spirit himself. Very important to know that. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So being led by the Holy Spirit, we see in these three simple verses, is not something we have to obtain or strive for in our own efforts. It is a natural part of being His child. It goes with having God as Abba, Father. It's a New Testament privilege that Moses couldn't have. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days with God, twice, right? But we have a better relationship with God than Moses had. You know, Mo Moses didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him. That's why he had to go up the mountain, right? God had to speak to him in person because the Lamb of God hadn't been slain. The Holy Spirit couldn't dwell in us until the sacrifice, the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins was made. That was Jesus on the cross. He had to be tortured, crucified, died, and raised for God to live in man. So this New Testament privilege we have is God living in us. Moses didn't have it. Noah didn't have it. Abraham didn't have it. Joseph didn't have it. David didn't have it. Isaiah didn't have it. We've got it. And you remember early in our service, we uh, referenced Ezekiel chapter 36 and verses 25 through 27, where God is prophesying of what he would do for us through Jesus. He said, I'm going to give you a new spirit. I'm going to give you a new heart. And I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. Verse 27 says, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you, move you, one translation says, to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So God is living in us, moving us to go forward in his destiny for our lives. They couldn't have this in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they had an external relationship with God. They were led by the Spirit externally. They needed a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. They, had, they needed something they could detect with their senses in order to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever saw something with your eyes and then you realize later it wasn't what you thought it was? Has that ever happened? Or you saw someone, you thought it was someone you knew and you're like, hey, John. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, right? Your eyes can see things you think you see. Your senses can mislead you. There's a much better way to be led. It's an internal system. 
right? So those external things can't fool you. So in the old covenant, their relationship with God was very different. Don't long to be with Moses or, or to be back in the old covenant. They didn't have it good like you've got it. They were longing to be where we are. Abraham looked ahead and saw this day when Jesus cut a covenant with him back in Genesis, and Jesus said he was glad and rejoiced in it, right? So we don't want to go back to the Old Testament. Wouldn't that be awkward, right? We want to go forward. We, God wants to take you forward, not backward. So when you start moving backward, you know that's not him leading you, right? And when you start desiring things in the Old Covenant, Right? Where what religion does makes you think, boy, they wow, they were following God and all these great things that happened. But no, God wants to take us forward into a greater life that they can never experience. Now, you, if you're re- we we are thankful for the Old Testament. There's much to be learned and gained from it. There, that's it, valuable to us. And if you look through the Old Testament, you look in the Book of Leviticus. There are a lot of external things they had to do. There's certain things they had to eat. There are certain ways they had to worship. There's certain ways they had to dress and wear their hair and all these things. These, all these things were external signs. There's a number of reasons why they had to do them. But one of the reasons is that these things they were instructed to do were external signs to the nations around them that they were God's people. In the New Covenant, The evidence that we are God's people is God's Spirit in us. Very different. See, in the Old Covenant, they had, when they were in the wilderness, they had to go to the tabernacle, a huge tent, for their worship. And then they built a temple. They had to go to the temple. In the day we're living in, we no longer go to a tent or a tabernacle or to a temple. Now we are the temple. What a difference. What a difference. We're the temple of the living God. And now the sign and evidence to the world around us that we are His is we are led by His Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God, which means we don't react to what's going on in the world the way they react. We have a confidence about us. We don't say, oh no. Oh my God. We don't say that. OMG online. We don't say that unless we're worshiping Him. Right? Right? We have no despair anymore. (gasps) If we had to go to a tent, I don't know what that would be like. I don't want to go to a tent. I want God living in me. Because we've got God living in us now. We have confidence to face each day victoriously. He's living in us. So God wants us as New Testament children of God to live from the inside out, okay? We're led internally. Our relationship with God is not like a dog on a leash. Who walked the dog this morning? Who took her out? Judah? Did she pull on the leash? Yeah. She's gotten better though, hasn't she? Maybe a little bit. Our dog, especially when she was young, you put her on the leash, she would just pull and pull and pull on that leash. Like she's going to choke herself, you know? And why do we have her on a leash? Because we didn't want her to run out in the road or go somewhere and get in trouble, right? So we put her on a leash so she could follow us 
And that is not the relationship we have with God. That's an external forcing, right? We've got an internal leading. We have an internal motivation that's very different. And it's not based on your strength and your own efforts, but on His strength and His own effort. All right? Let's look at this in Philippians chapter 2. So God is in us, right? What's God doing in us, by the way? Is he on a coffee break? Is he watching TV? Is he shopping on HSN? What is God doing there all day? It's a lot of time. What's he doing? He's working. He's moving. He's quickening you. He's speaking to you. He's wanting to guide you into the abundant life his son came to give you. He's working in you. Philippians 2.13. This is the Amplified Translation. It's on the screen. Not in your own strength. Not a dog on a leash. For it is God who is all the while effectually at work. Where? In you. What is he doing in there? He's energizing you. Energizing and creating in you the power you need to win. The power and desire both to will and work for His good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. That's one of the reasons I don't drink energy drinks. Not interested in why. I don't want my energy to have to come from an external substance. I don't want to look to something external to pick me up because God is in me energizing me. I want to draw on the strength that's inside of me. And that's how he wants us to live. He wants us to know this morning that he's in us energizing us, infusing us with the strength we need to do what he's called us to do. So as New Testament children of God, we're living a new kind of life. We're new people. The Mirror Bible says it this way in verse 13. Oh, this is so good. Philippians 2.13, this is from the Mirror Bible translation. It's a new paraphrase that just came out last few years. It says, discover God himself as your inexhaustible inner source. (laughs) He ignites you with both the desire and energy that matches his own delight. We can go home now. Have you discovered God as your inner source? Are you letting Him ignite you every day? Hallelujah. So we're new people with this eternal fire, an internal, eternal fire 
inside of us, living this new kind of life with this inexhaustible inner source of strength that is energizing and quickening and infusing us each and every moment of every day of our lives. Now, in the Old Testament, when they needed to make a decision, there's a number of ways that God would lead them. And this is so important as we want to discern the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. What they would do in the Old Testament, because they didn't have this inexhaustible source inside of them, God was not inside of them, energizing and quickening them. They, they had to look for external signs. One of those ways was the high priest who wore a breastplate that had 12 stones on it. And the Urim and Thummim, I don't know if I'm saying those right, were two of the stones that were on there. And there are times when they would seek the Lord and those stones would light up to indicate to them what they were to do. That was an external sign. They had to see it with their eyes, see? And I, I, I bring this up in another, because I've heard New Testament believers looking for signs to know what God wants them to do. They'll say things like, God, if you want me to have that job, open the door. Or God, if you don't want me to go there, close the door. They want an external sign. And that's a, that's a reveals to me they don't understand how to be led by the Spirit. I've had a believer say to me, uh, we're making a decision, they said, have you put a fleece out yet? Have you ever heard that term? That might sound like an odd term, but it's an Old Testament. There's an example in the Old Testament, Gideon in Judges. God spoke to him. Again, he didn't have the Spirit of God living in him. And he wanted to make sure. So he said, God, if, if that's you speaking, he put a fleece out, a, a, a sheepskin, on the ground, I don't remember what the order was, but he did it twice. He said, God, if that was you, if you really want me to do this, when I wake up in the morning, make the fleece wet and the ground dry. So he woke up in the morning, the fleece was wet, the ground. Then he said again, God, okay, if that was really you, the next morning when I wake up, make the fleece dry and the ground wet. And that's what happened. So there are Christians who've taken that and adopted that as how they decide what God wants them to do in their lives. And, and they're going backwards. And Satan will oblige you when you're looking for external signs to follow God. We don't, we don't live that way anymore. We're led internally. See, things, external things are changeable things. It, I don't know what it's doing outside, but it's not the same. Tomorrow it's going to change. So if I make decisions based on a door opening or a door closing or how people treat me or what the weather's like or, or the job opportunities out there, I'm making a decision based on things that change. And I'll tell you, uh, I bet you if we did a poll right now of how many people who went to college and got a degree who are actually using that degree, you'd be, you'd be amazed at the results. The vast majority are not. Why? Because they made a decision to get a degree based on a job recommendation. You should go into this field because there'll be work there. Then they go to school and they figure out, you know what, I really don't like this. Or they get out of school and there's no jobs in that area. Right? That's not being led by the Spirit. That's being by, led by man's advice. And that can change daily. Right? So we don't live that way. We, we, we are led internally, and the benefit of being led in internally, it keeps all that external noise out. It keeps us from building our lives on the changeable. We build our lives on the unchangeable, internal, inexhaustible source of strength inside of us, and it doesn't matter what the market's like. doesn't matter what opportunities are out there, because God will make a way for us, right? 
So verse 16 of Romans chapter 8 says something very important. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. What does that mean? That we are the children of God. Well, we know what a witness is, right? A witness is someone who was there when it happened. Someone who can testify as to what happened. Someone who has seen it. Well, it says the Holy Spirit will bear witness with our spirit. The translation in the Amplified, verse 16, says the Spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us, okay, that we are children of God. So when we have a life decision to make, a little one or a big one, whatever it is, or a medium-sized one or everything in between, the Holy Spirit will witness to your spirit. So we say we want to hear the voice of God. We're talking about this, the witness of the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about an audible voice. I'm speaking right now. My vocal cords are making sound waves, and they're coming through that speaker, and you're hearing them with your ears. This is a, 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 a much less efficient way of communicating than spirit-to-spirit communication. When the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit, in a moment you can understand the next 10 years. He just impresses something in you and you've got it. And you know this is what you should do. And it's not an audible voice. Very rarely does God lead by an audible voice. Very rarely. Because that is not the best way to lead. God is above the natural things. He, he's in the spirit realm. See, he's, he's light year. He's a speed of light. He's beyond what we know. So he wants us to come up and do it his way. So he wants to speak to your spirit. He wants that spirit-to-spirit communication. He wants to impress upon you which way you are to go. The message translation says the Holy Spirit himself confirms who we really are. Oh. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. So we want to learn to recognize the witness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. What, is it, what does it feel like? Um, well, what is he a witness to? Let's start there. Let's go back to Romans 8.16. Let's look at the... the uh, well, let's look at the King James there, Eden. The Spirit himself, we're going to say, that's what the Greek says, beareth witness with our spirit. What's he bearing witness to? We are the children of God, right? Message says, confirms who we really are. Amplified says, testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we're children of God. So the Holy Spirit's top priority in your life is to assure you and confirm that you are God's very own. You're not a sinner anymore. You're not a slave anymore. You're his son. You're his daughter. You're a co-heir with Christ. If you're going to be led by the Spirit, you've got to know his top priority. And that is to assure you of your sonship with God. Top priority, right? That's what he's focusing on. He wants you to know who God is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. All right? So this witness on the inside is always consistent with Jesus. 
It's always consistent with the promises and the Word of God. It, it's always consistent with the character of God. It never contradicts. So learning God's promises, learning God's Word, will enable me and help me to recognize the witness of His Spirit in me. I've had times in my life, you know, where I was kind of in a hurry and just going on doing things and trying to listen on the inside, and I thought I, you know, I thought I had heard from God, but I got quiet, and I, got, I just started worshiping Him, and I realized there was something deeper He was trying to say to me. I've had times where it looked like it was, I, I, I missed it, and I failed, and I didn't know what was going to happen, but I got alone with Him, and I realized that He was there the whole time working things out and moving us forward when it looked like we were going backwards. So learning to recognize this witness is paramount in experiencing the life, life he has for us. Now we're going to read a scripture right now in Matthew chapter 11. It's a very well-known scripture, verses 28 through 30. I'm going to put it on the screen in the Amplified. I, I encourage you to follow along on the Amplified, but you can read it in your own time in another translation. But these three verses describe to us the character of our God. And will help you understand the witness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Jesus is talking. We serve one God, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons, okay? He's one God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Jesus is talking in verse 28 in the Amplified. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and here it is, this is like Philippians 2.13. I will cause you, or Ezekiel 36.27, I will move you, I will cause you to rest. So already we see God's character, God's motivation for you. He wants you to rest. Amen. Amen. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Talking about being led by the Spirit. This is how God will lead you. See? So God wants to, the witness of the Holy Spirit wants you to rest. That's another reason I don't want to look to energy drinks. I want to follow the Holy Spirit on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. I don't want to overexert myself. Now, rest doesn't mean I don't do anything. Rest doesn't mean inactivity. It means my activity is driven by, by purpose, by God's purpose in my life. So I might be very active, but it's a God active. It's a, it's, my activity is born of relationship with Him and comes out of His purpose for my life. Okay? So when I, when I go to work or whatever I do, I'm not just going to get a paycheck. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm following Him. I'm accepting my, my place of employment based on his leading from my life, not on market conditions or, or, or how a fear of not having enough. I'm following him in my employment, okay? And I don't want to, and boy, there's such pressure in the last 15 years or so, have multiple jobs to try and make, you know, to try and get ahead. The husband's working, the wife's working, just, you know, I don't, we don't want to get into that. That's not who we are. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit in the way we employ our time. Okay? And if we'll do that, there will be a rest with that. 
So we're, we're following the Holy Spirit tomorrow. So the place we go into might be stressed out. There might be stress in the office or in the workplace, but we're not. And the boss might, might you know, be stressed and putting pressure on you, but we don't give in to that. We're respectful, but inside we've got this peace. And we go about our day trusting the strength of God in us to get done what, what has been asked of us to do. And it's an internal strength that's an internal rest. So that when we get to, to Thursday and Friday, we're not exhausted on Saturday. We've got energy to party. Yay. Do you know what Saturday is? It's a party day. Do you know that? That's why God rested on Saturday. Not because he was tired. He was celebrating the creation. He was celebrating what, what, what the beauty of what he had just done. You want to have energy to party. So don't wear yourself out during the week. So he, he'll, he'll guide you during your week. He'll, he'll, par, he'll uh, pace you so you don't get worn out, okay? Verse 29. I've gotten so tired in my life, and every time it's when I was trying to do things in my own strength. Every time. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm gentle. The witness of the Holy Spirit, gentle. So important to understand that. He will not put pressure on you. You're feeling pressure, that's not the Holy Spirit. Gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest. Boy, this is important to God, isn't it? You will find rest, relief, how do you spell relief? R-O-L-A-I-D-S. You guys remember that commercial? <laughs> no, never mind. Roll aids. No. Relief <laughs> and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke, the witness of my spirit is wholesome. What does wholesome mean? It makes you whole. It produces wholeness in your life. It's useful. It's good. It's relevant to where you live. It's not harsh. It's not hard. It's not sharp. It's not pressing. That's the way Satan will lead you. That's right. he, he'll jab at you. you. You better do this. You better get that done. If you don't do this, oh, so-and-so did this, and you didn't do this, and you better... He'll put that pressure on you. That's not, the whole, that, that's not the witness of the Holy Spirit. Man will put that pressure on you. Religion will put that pressure on you. Don't you give in to that. Comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. My burden is light and easy to be born. Wow. I encourage you to spend some time eating this up these three verses, so that you can become more familiar with the witness of the Holy Spirit in your life. <laughs> God can be so gentle, but at the same time so strong. Yes. And when the Holy Spirit leads us, there will be an unmistakable knowing inside of you. And sometimes because of our, you know, just our our flesh or our humanness, we need to make sure, you know, you don't want to, you never have to do it now or you'll miss it. That's Satan talking. 
He wants to rush you into something. That even me, it might, it might be something God wants you to do, but it's not the time to do it yet. I don't want to push you into it. See, because timing's important. So, but listen to that gentle witness and let God know that you're, you're not going to miss it when you're following Him. When you're, right. when you're focusing on the witness inside, you're not going to be late. You're not going to miss it because He's got you covered. And He has a way of going into your future, and He'll make it your past if He has to, or He can make your past your future. He can go into tomorrow and make it today. So don't worry about being late. Worry, we serve a God that doesn't know what late is. He's always on time. He can rearrange the train schedule for you, right? Okay, hallelujah. Now, Colossians 3.15, talking about getting to know the witness, says, let the peace of God rule. Let it be the authority in your hearts. The Amplified, I like the way the Amplified says, let the peace of God act as umpire continually. Where? In your hearts. Right? An umpire, what? Determines what's fair, what's file, right? Who's safe, who's out, right? And that's what you want to let the Holy Spirit inside. What's from him and what's from not him, right? What's from the devil is file, right? What's from, what's from God is fair. With God, we're safe. With the devil, we're out. The umpire does it. Let the Holy Spirit act as umpire continually in your hearts. Look at this. I like it. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. With finality. You've got it. It's a certain thing. There's nothing uncertain about being led by the Holy Spirit. You may feel that way. That's just because you, you haven't known him that way yet. You haven't gotten that, that, you haven't developed that in your life yet. So let, 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 let the Holy Spirit act as umpire in your life, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you are also called to live. All right, we're going to look at a couple more scriptures here. We just want to get familiar with the witness of the Holy Spirit. It's, it should not be strange to us. It should not be a twilight zone kind of thing, right? It shouldn't be weird. It, we shouldn't think of this as new age. Right, right. Sometimes Christians hear talk like this and they, uh-oh, this is some new age philosophy. It's not. This is basic Bible, okay? It's being led by the Holy Spirit. It's very solid. It's God's plan for us. Well, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. I'm going to go through these kind of quickly here so we can finish up. But it talks about the works of the flesh or the sinful nature. These are, the, these are things the Holy Spirit will never lead you into. These are contrary to the witness of the Holy Spirit. What are they? Adultery, fornication, right? sexual immorality, uncleanness, lasciviousness. What's that? That's living life without restraint. There was a very popular saying. I remember my aunt saying it when I was a, a kid in the uh, 70s. If, if it feels good, do it. That's lasciviousness. That's a sure way to mess up your life, right? right? That's not the Holy Spirit's witness, lasciviousness. Verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, 
You ever feel motivated to hate someone? You know that's not God, right? right? Variance. But they did this to me. It doesn't matter. We forgive, right? Emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But verse 22, here it is again. This is the witness. This is who's guiding us. Now, again, a lot of translations say, but the fruit of the Spirit with a capital S. That shouldn't be a capital. It's, it's a lowercase. How do we know that? It's talking about our recreated spirit. God doesn't bear fruit. He's the vine. We're the branches. We bear the fruit. Okay? I'll show you sometimes Bible translators, they don't, didn't have an understanding of, of God. Didn't have a relationship with God where they could put these things there, right? But so if your translation has a capital S, it should be lowercase. It's talking about your spirit. Okay? You are the one that bears the fruit. He's the vine. We're the branches. But the fruit of the spirit, your new spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, opposite of lasciviousness. Against such things there is no law. The, so we can bear this fruit because that's the character of our God. He is love. He is peace. He is patience. He is kindness. He is goodness. He is faithfulness. He is gentleness. He is self-control. Now, last, last two scriptures. Philippians chapter 4. Paul exhorted the, the, the New Testament children of God to rejoice in the Lord at all times. Blizzard, rejoice, right? Minus 15, rejoice, right? Not sure where your, the money is you need is going to come from, rejoice, right? Not sure if anybody likes you, rejoice, all right? And then he goes on to say in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, right? Of good report, excellent, praiseworthy, virtuous, set your mind on these things. They will help you to hear God's voice. You're going to have a very difficult time hearing the witness of the Spirit if your mind is not set on these things. There are certain movies I'll never see because I don't, I don't want my mind to be on them. There's a movie that just came out called uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. I didn't know what it was about, and I read some stories on it, read the plot and so forth. It's, it's released in theaters, a lot of publicity, but it's really a pornographic movie about people who are very confused. And there are some Christians saying, oh, I want to go see that. Like, why would you want to go see that? Why would you want to put confusion and perversion in your mind and clog up yes. your thinking, yes. right? Yes. See, we're, we're in a warfare. We don't have time to clog up our channels. Right. Right? We've got to go forward. We've got to do this thing, see? So don't clog up your channels with that garbage. 2 Corinthians 3.18, our last scripture, then we're going to pray. Verse 18, so the witness of the Holy Spirit is, is wholesome, it's good, it's pure, it's honest, it's gentle, it's useful, it's good, it's not harsh, it's not hard, it's not sharp, it's not pressing, it's not uh, immoral. 
Verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, when the Holy Spirit is leading you, he says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So you know it's God leading you because the Holy Spirit, it tells us here, wants to take us from where we are higher from the level of glory that we're currently experiencing into new levels of glory, okay? From the level of health and life and wisdom that we currently have into more life, health, and wisdom. God always wants to take you higher. And if, the, if it's the witness of the Holy Spirit, it will lead you forward into more of Him. I know that God's never going to lead me back to the church that I came from, that I grew up in. Why? Because there's not more life there. God wants to lead you to a place where you can learn and, and grow in the abundant life He came to give you. He wants everyone to go to a church where the promises of God are proclaimed. People don't know that yet. That's why these seats are empty right now. But they're not going to stay empty, all right? God wants people to come to a church where they learn who they are in Christ, not man's religious doctrine, all right? So we're going to continue next week, and I'm so excited about it, we're going to talk about something that there's a great deal of controversy about. It's so sad. And it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's unnecessary. doesn't need to be any controversy about it. It was the promise that God made in Joel, in Joel, for all of us. And if you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you are missing the power from on high that will change the way you clean your house. It will change the way you do dishes. It will change the way you raise your kids. It will give you a power that nothing else can give you. We're going to talk about that next week. We're going to just look at the Scriptures. Then we're going to give you an opportunity to be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you haven't been already. Because being led by the Spirit, whew, that is a key, my friend. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for life abundantly. We thank you for leading and guiding us and taking such good care of us. I thank you, Father, for every need being met in this place today. We're all in different places experiencing different things, but you're the God who is meeting all of our needs according to your supply in Christ. I thank you for happiness growing in every heart, for joy permeating every home and every family, for husbands loving their wives and wives loving their husbands, parents loving their children and children loving their parents. Thank you, Lord God, for your love reigning in every family in Highway Church, Lord God, for every person, wherever they're at, experiencing your amazing love in, your, in their lives every single day, fulfilling your purpose and plan for them. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. We invite you to take God at His word, embrace who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Put your trust in Him today and taste and see how good He is.